Hi everyone, welcome to episode four of Cloud Conversations with Rue and Pete. Now with theme music to accompany our nice yellow branding. I'm Rue and I'm joined with Pete. Hi Pete. Hey everybody, yes, uh, welcome. I'm uh, Peter Rising uh, and delighted to be here for episode four of Cloud Conversations. It's so good to be back and we are absolutely delighted to and thrilled to be joined on the show today by our very good friend Izzy, Isadora Katanich. So welcome to the show, Izzy. Um, how are you today? Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you so much, Rue. I'm doing great. It's an absolute honor to be on episode four that definitely asks for more. Um, so yeah, very happy to be here today and uh, to talk to you. Oh, fantastic. We're looking forward to having a, a chat with you uh, indeed. So first and foremost, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, if, if you would. Where are you from and uh, what, what are you doing and how have you got to where you are today? Yeah, so, uh, well, you said my name, you said it correctly, so well done. Um, <laughs> it's Isidora Katanich. Uh, you can call me Izzy because that's just uh, easy to uh, to remember. Um, I'm born in former Yugoslavia and raised in the beautiful city of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And approximately three years ago, I followed my heart uh, to Switzerland. So that's where I am uh, right now. Um, I'm a recently awarded uh, Microsoft MVP. Uh, I'm an IT uh, conference organizer, which at the moment, of course, is very challenging uh, with the COVID uh, situation. So I just try to make uh, the best out of everything and community uh, while working from home. Um, yeah, just ask away whatever you want to know. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So let's start with um, the MVP, if we could then. Um, so you were awarded MVP last year in November, I believe, which is a fantastic achievement. Many congratulations on that and, and so well, well deserved. So would you share with us a bit about the MVP program and uh, what your MVP journey was like, what, what being an MVP is all about and, and what it means to you? Absolutely. So speaking of the MVP community, for the past decade, I've been working a lot with MVPs. Uh, so through the jobs I was doing, so whether if it was organizing events or I used to work for an ISV in, uh, in the Netherlands, um, I've, I've always been in close touch with MVPs working together with them. However, I never ever considered that I would actually fit into the program. For me, like the MVP was like, I mean, it is like that. They're like super technical uh, rock stars. They know a lot about Microsoft technologies. They have a lot of passion. Um, so yeah, I never felt that it would be something for me. So it was also not a goal or a dream or something I was really working towards too. However, along the journey, as I got more and more involved in the in the community and started to do activities myself. So blogging and speaking, um, starting our own video series. So really getting more and more involved. And then a few people reached out like, you are an MVP, you do so much for the community, you do it with so much passion. Um, yeah, you definitely deserve the title. And um, yeah, so then I got nominated and you have uh, three months to fill out your form. I literally waited until the very last day of it, <laughs> um, just because I had the imposter kicking in, uh, thinking like, yeah, that's, I will never make it into the program. And that's really like for like the big names and so on. And um, anyways, I had the courage, I did, <laughs> completed the form. 
And then, uh, yeah, that beautiful email came on the first, uh, first of the month to congratulate me that I made it uh, to the MVP family. And since then, yeah, it has just been an amazing journey. It's, it's so beautiful what the program uh, brings, how many doors it has opened, how many opportunities it has given, um, the platform I have to share. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it uh, so far. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> it, excuse me, it does really resonate with me. And I think so many other MVPs and, and people in the community that I know, what you just said about imposter syndrome, uh, and, and, and not feeling like you, you, I, I totally, totally, um, empathize with that because I felt exactly that I still do. I still think, what am I doing in this exclusive club of really uh, amazing people? But um, it is such a unique community, I find, um, in, in terms of some of the other communities and forums and, uh, and gatherings that I've been part of over the years and that it's so giving. People are so uh, ready to be generous with their time and, and, and lift you up and, uh, and, and include you and encourage you on that journey. And uh, I've certainly found since I've been an MVP, and I've not been an MVP. I think I was awarded one month before you were. I've been an MVP since October last year. Um, and I've been very, very conscious straight away that I've wanted to give back and and help get more people into the program, people who are deserving and and should be in and, and, and help them understand what it is um, and, and and make it more inclusive, get get um, people from all sorts of backgrounds into uh, the process of being nominated uh, from technical, non-technical backgrounds as well, male and female, because I think there is still a very, very um, uh, disparity between um, the, the genders in, in the community. So have, have you found women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, we, we need more. We need, we, we, we need more diversity in the program without a doubt. And it's so nice to see um, you, you being an MVP and, uh, and recently our good friend, Lisa, Lisa at the edge. Hello. Absolutely. Nice. So proud of her. So, so well deserved. So deserved. And uh, we, we hope very much we can get Lisa to join us at some point on the show. Um, so have you found the same? Have you found that you've wanted to sort of pay it forward to use an American phrase and uh, try and try and nominate some other people yet and help them on their journey? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, of course, Lisa is, is one of them I, I wanted to nominate, but then, of course, she already had uh, had received the nomination. Um, however, I was very happy to support her uh, uh, support her along the way. Um, I have someone else who recently uh, nominated. So, um, yeah, I think it's just an ongoing journey as talent develops. And, um, and what I also realized is what many people I thought or think they're an MVP and then you figure out like, Oh, wait a minute, that person is not an MVP. And yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely hope to get more, uh, more people into the program. Yeah. So true. I mean, I thought you were, I was, I was surprised when <laughs> I saw that you, um, I I'm, I'm now an MVP. I'm like, surely Izzy was already an MVP. <laughs> That happens yeah. so often in the community that uh, you think people are already there, but 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 they're not. So, but it, it's been so good. Um, but anyway, moving on, um, you have been producing a fantastic community video series uh, called "Head in the Cloud, Heart in the Community" with your very they did it um, with your very good <laughs> friend, uh, the the wonderful Holly Lehman uh, from from the states. Uh, she works at Microsoft. Um, someone else we will 
absolutely want to be having as a guest on our show um, in in the very near future. So unlike unlike Rune myself, you you and Holly have never actually met in person yet, have you? Due to due to pandemic mm-hmm. time, so it's it's very very strange setting up something like that with with somebody you've not met. But it shows that the, the bonds that you can have with people in 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 pandemic times are 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 not limited to to meeting in person. But can you tell us how? this show came to be how you got introduced and also can you give any sort of tips um for aspiring or fledgling community broadcasters like rue and myself or (laughs) what makes a great youtube show or or podcast um in this community yeah absolutely a great question yeah for many people it's still surprising when we say like holly and i have never met um because we have gotten so close and indeed like you say like you're not I mean, of course, we are limited, right? Because we're not meeting in person. However, it does not eliminate um, making new friends. And that's something that um, um, it's a positive, which for me came out of uh, out of the pandemic, is indeed getting closer to Holly. We were supposed to meet uh, in March 2020 when I was supposed to travel to uh, Seattle during the MVP summit, not as an MVP, but uh, in the same uh, time frame to be in uh, Seattle. So we are very much looking forward to uh, meet in person. However, MVP Summit got canceled. Um, of course, everything would happen in March 2020. I, I'm, I'm sure I don't do not need to repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that opportunity, unfortunately, uh, um, yeah, just went away. However, we kept uh, connected over Twitter and, and and having calls. And then one day. Um, well, it actually started with a little bit of a silly TikTok video we did, the two of us, um, <laughs> of a little dance, which um, we still don't know if people were laughing at us or with us, or it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it made people laugh, and then we realized, okay, we really need that positivity right now, right? It really felt like a period it was, and still is, for many people, very difficult, Um lonely challenging um and we just felt like you know what why don't we start a video series and we really like humanize it right so the people we admire in tech uh we had peter on our show which was amazing of course um yeah to speak to them and then especially focus on the human side so family friends hobbies um side hustles basically everything they do next to their nine to five uh job in in tech and yeah, so we started our video series and it has been an amazing journey since. Um, yeah, and a tip I could give, well, I think most important, and I'm sure uh, both Rue and Pete also uh, realized that, is to have fun. I mean, the the more fun you have, the more amazing, of course, it is, uh, it is to do. And what we both have, we get so energized from the show. We learn so much from our guests. Um, we always leave with takeaways and uh, yeah, but mostly I keep saying it, always have fun in what you're doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, certainly one of the things I've found since myself and Pete started this show is that going in a little bit nervous, putting yourself out there, you might not get the whole internet looking at you, but it kind of feels that way, you know, and you're a little bit nervous that folk are going to be judging you and you don't want to make a mistake or any of that kind of thing but as it goes and as you just start talking to cool folks you know kind of 
talking to folk who you've maybe only ever communicated with on Twitter or on LinkedIn and stuff and just having that face-to-face -face communication with them, it's just fun. And hopefully it's fun for the listeners and viewers as well. Yeah, I definitely want to jump uh, in on that, Drew. So it doesn't have to be perfect. And that's also something that mm -hmm. we really try to bring across. Like it's it's okay if your dog jumps on you. It's okay if your child walks in. It's okay if you stumble over your words or something. I mean, we're all human after all. And um, it doesn't need to be perfect if you're if you're doing something like that and and, and just embrace the, the imperfections. Because for me, imperfections actually are perfect. Oh yeah, Agreed. you had a you had a great example of that. Is he just sorry, Rude? Just just cut in when you recently spoke to Jess Dodson, wasn't it in Aust Australia? Is that right? Yeah. And uh, her, her little was it her little girl walked into the room a few times. That was so fantastic, and uh, it that's exactly right. I couldn't agree more. Um, it it just needs to be human, and we're, we're all to have these things. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that that was a really beautiful moment. So if Jess's daughter is <laughs> watching or listening now, it, it was the cutest, especially how she walked. <laughs> she gave her mom a hug. Uh, she silently walked away again and like shut the door. It's like so polite. Really, really that's cute. cute. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. We're having a human moment now. Rue and I don't know, <laughs> Rue and I don't know which one's going to speak. So, okay, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Too. I'll jump in. <laughs> one of the things, maybe we can put some editing in there, or maybe we won't. But uh, one of the been. one of the things I want to kind of pick your brains about is a, uh, with regards to kind of your activities, and you're the organizer of Experts Live Europe and Experts Live Switzerland, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Can you? Tell the folk uh, watching the show what that's about, what your involvement is, and how you managed to cope with that over the last year. Yeah, absolutely. So for the ones who do not know uh, the Brand Experts Life, it's a IT community conference which uh, started, uh, I believe now over 10 years ago in the Netherlands by Microsoft MVP and RD Martin Goed, um, who's currently working at Wartel. And I believe your first guest uh, was from Wartel, right? Yes, that's right. Um, yep. Yeah. And um, yeah, he started um, he started it as a small user group in the Netherlands for people interested in Microsoft technologies. Um, then that brand grew bigger. It reached other countries. Um, I got involved to co-organize the European edition and the Swiss edition, which in the past years has been an absolute blast to bring um, the Microsoft community together for a two or three days uh, conference fully focused on Microsoft tech, cloud, data center, security, modern workplace technologies, and of course, having a lot of fun and networking uh, together. However, now, of course, um, it's impossible. Uh, we cannot have our three-day international in-person event with five, 600 attendees coming from all over the world. It's just, uh, yeah, just something we cannot do right now, which makes me very sad because I really miss our community friends. I really miss the people. I miss the whole conference vibe, the fun. Um, but yeah, not just Experts Live. I mean, there are tons of other conferences. I really, really miss to be uh, to be in person. There are so many great people in the community who are organizing their events, as well as um, large Microsoft conferences like Microsoft Ignite or the tour. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait to have uh, to have that back. 
So am I right that you spoke at Ignite as well? Is that right? So I did at the at the virtual edition, um, and actually at the last one, um, I actually had a live segment, uh, which was very uh, very exciting, very scary, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also very exciting. And and that's I also think a positive side effect, like the opportunities we have today to speak at like such conferences. And for example, recently Holly and I um, did a session in Lagos, Nigeria, online. For a university, um, for university class full of students, and I think if it would have been in person, we would not fly from Switzerland to the U.S. to Nigeria for a sixty-minute session, right? That's, um, yeah. and I think now with with pivoting to this virtual events at the moment, we have a lot more opportunities um, to share worldwide. Yeah, agreed. It seems to be breaking down quite a few barriers for entry that a lot of folks speakers might have to getting into the speaking circuit you look at conferences and things like that and as they move online making that leap from being someone who is a consumer to someone who's presenter to me it seems like it's a bit easier now because you're giving up a little bit of, a little bit of your time obviously to prepare for it and then do it but you're giving up a little bit less of your time and also just the you know the nerves involved in actually stepping on a plane and traveling to some other country to go and speak to an, a, a room full of people Maybe a little bit easier if you're just talking to your webcam. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's double scary because I'm terrified of flying, <laughs> and I'm terrified to be on a stage. <laughs> so, All right. Okay. Jeez. A lot of right. fear <laughs> you would never that. know it. You would never know it. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. So, I mean, I guess if you if you do find it a bit daunting to do the speaking and things like that, what are some tips that you could give folks watching that you've used to kind of overcome that? Yeah, so in, in my case, so at the beginning, um, so I'll make the differentiation between actual on stage and now online. So first on stage, um, well, as a conference organizer, you just have to get there for the welcome words, for the closing words. Um, you have to get on that stage. And I would literally get sick the days before. Like, I, I would be so nervous. Oh, wow. um, yeah, but my my luck was having an ally next to me so that I would not be alone, right? So you feel you are together and um, that if I would do something wrong or if I cannot remember my words or anything, then there's another person there to, um, yeah, to step up. So I think for a starter, that's definitely a tip I would give anybody. If you're too nervous to go alone, um, get an ally. A friend, somebody in the community, somebody in the same space. Um, and there's so many amazing people who are willing um, to help. So don't be afraid to ask. So that's a tip I would give for um, if you're actually getting on a real stage. Then um, for me, it has gotten a lot easier now online because you are at the comfort of your own home. Um, you, are, you are behind your camera or your microphone. Uh, if I would get scared now i would just hang up and blame it on internet issues or something right <laughs> <laughs> no i wouldn't i wouldn't but um it does get i mean of course i i keep being a little bit nervous but it does get a lot easier um the more often you do it and i also believe that even the best speakers out there they're also still nervous and i even think that's that's good right to feel feel the adrenaline feel the nerves it it's yeah, 
I also think it's very motivating rather than just, all right, okay, next session, let's just get it over with. Okay, done. So yeah, don't be afraid for those, for those nerves. Uh, yeah. It's good to know that other people are in the same boat as you, that, that they're all getting those nerves because I certainly do. I've been speaking about a year now probably, and I've never been on a stage yet. So that is still to come for me <laughs> when we're all out in the world again. And I'll definitely be getting your, your top tips a bit more <laughs> if, if that ever happens for me. But, um, but it's just so nice because every time I do a talk online, I'm, I'm, like you, I've got the butterflies in my stomach. I'm, I'm still nervous. I still think, I look at it back later and think, oh, that that wasn't so good. I was stuttering. I was erring and umming, and um, and I have Tourette's as well. So sometimes yeah. I'll sniff and cough and and think, oh, I was obviously really nervous that day. So, but it's so nice that you're not alone. Everyone feels these things, and um, and and there's always someone there to support you and give you give you advice and on on how you can do it do it better. Yeah, so I want to highlight on that, Pete, don't feel like, oh, when you watch back, like, oh, I should have done that, or mm. I coughed, or indeed I moved, or something. I mean, often you see that, but the audience doesn't, right? The audience is not focusing on how are you moving your head, or did you cough, or they're really focused more on the content, what you're sharing, while you will look at yourself and be like, oh, why did I do this? But don't, <laughs> don't feel that way. And of course, I've seen more of your sessions um and and you're doing awesome so don't don't feel that way <laughs> well thank you so much that is really really means something coming from you izzy thank you <laughs> i guess if i could kind of uh pick up there so one of the things i've noticed through having conversations with folks like you guys but it seems that it never goes away insofar as the you know the bugs in your stomach maybe before you give a big talk and then watching for example watching just Netflix documentaries and things, you see that even folk at the absolute, you know, peak level of things such as athleticism, before they go into a match or a concert or anything like that, everybody gets it. And to me, when I think about it, 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 it can only be a good thing because it shows that you care about it. It shows that you've got a level of investment in it. And it's just, you kind of just need to kind of play a little bit of games with your brain and say, okay, we'll take that nervousness and then just turn it into excitement because they're quite similar uh, insofar as how they make you feel, uh, you know, goosebumps in your, your your skin and all that kind of stuff. But I guess uh, mo moving on from the speaking things, one of the uh, things that I believe you received uh, an award for was the Azure Heroes Inclusive Leadership Award, and that's uh, awarded by Microsoft. Uh, can you just talk a little bit more about that and what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the Azure Heroes uh, Inclusive Leadership Badger, <laughs> it's a whole uh, <laughs> a whole sentence. Um, yeah, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I received that uh, at the beginning of uh, of last year. It's it's actually amazing everything what happened in 2020 in in terms of community and awards and MVP and Azure Heroes and so on. Um, but yeah, the inclusive leader. I believe there are a maximum of hundred worldwide. So it's a real uh, privilege to be a part of that. And um, I received it as a token of appreciation for the multiple activities I did um, in terms of inclusiveness. So thinking of, for example, we did um, um, a women in tech um, lunch break at one of the events I was organizing. So I really put a lot of uh, passion into that and to hopefully attract more women to the conference, um, to get together, um, yeah, to make the event more and more of a diverse experience. 
Um, but yeah, also through other activities. So it's not necessarily just one thing I did, but it's really like looking at, at activities and how um, how I tried to include others. And um, yeah, it was very cool to receive that uh, receive that badge. Thanks, Juan. And what are some of the kind of ways that you think that tech can become more inclusive? And when I think about things like that, I think of not only getting folk maybe from backgrounds that might ordinarily lean towards this, but also making sure that it's accessible insofar as it's not overly technical in getting folk in and kind of easing them in to then becoming more technical. Yeah, so so when I think about it, of course, it's not just a gender thing, right? It's not just like, oh, we need more women or it's like men, uh, men versus women. It's like a lot more that you have to look at. It's indeed also backgrounds, uh, where is somebody coming from? Is somebody junior? Is somebody senior? I mean, there's a lot more um, to it to uh, to focus on. And where I think it should start is that um, our generation should really um, make the future generation like feel welcome into into this world, into this IT world. Um, teach our children. Um, um, yeah, to, to show like all the good sides in IT and how welcome it is for everyone, that it's not just a man's world. I mean, I know still many of us feel that way. When you look at numbers, it is that way. So we will not avoid it and pretend it's not there. And I think if we keep tackling that and highlighting it and talking about it and learning and learning from each other, right? Not, not everybody has the perfect solution or knows how to deal with it. So I think it's definitely a, a debate or a discussion, something that we just have to keep on um, keep on having, even if it sometimes feels uncomfortable. Um, I think with that, yeah, we can achieve that hopefully um, our next generation will be more divided uh, into IT. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. And one of the things that I've kind of noticed as I've been, you know, when you use the social media platforms, you use Twitter and all these things, you can see a, an element of hostility in the way that a lot of folk converse, even within our little Microsoft bubble. You do see a little bit of gatekeeping insofar as I'm not going to disperse my wisdom to the kind of the, the lower echelons, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. And I think that it says more about that person who's doing the gatekeeping than anyone that's trying to get into it. Uh, to me, I have more respect for the folks that are having to overcome adversity and mm. in getting into this kind of field and kind of progressing with their career than the folk that are trying to hold them down. That's just mm. uh, what I've observed through Twitter and things like that anyway. Yeah, I just, <clears throat> I totally agree with that, Rue. And I, I think, I don't understand people who want to keep it all within. I, m myself, I just, I can't wait to share what I've learned and pass it on and, 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 help people to come on this journey that I've been fortunate enough to be on and, and show them how great it can be and the, and, the, and the people that they will meet. I mean, the people I've met in the last year since being on this journey um, in this community, it's insane. I've, I've, I've met so many people who are now count as very, very firm friends and the majority of them I've not even met in person. So um, <laughs> you, yourselves both included and uh, other great names out there and our friends at Teams Nation who who we'll be working with in a few weeks and uh, <clears throat> the, the list is endless. So for me, it's all about lifting 
people up, including people, and uh, ma making sure that everyone has a chance to contribute, whether you're technical or not, what, what your background is, what your um, ethnicity is, and your gender. And um, that was one of the reasons that uh, something that, that you and I both is, is are, are involved with that we've not mentioned yet. I wanted very much to be part of the Women in Teams community, which has been, been read my mind. I was literally thinking about it. <laughs> you were speaking. Yeah. Well, would you like to tell us a bit more about that, Izzy, what that's all about? Please. Yeah, absolutely. So it's by uh, uh, our wonderful and famous Laurie uh, Podmeyer and her team who run the, the Women in Teams uh, community. Uh, we have a monthly uh, gathering. And of course, it might sound like, oh, women in teams, like as a man, I'm not welcome. That's absolutely not the case. Um, any person is welcome to join us. And then, of course, you, Pete, you are one of... Uh, um, one of our allies uh, joining, always amplifying what we're doing. Um, you even recently presented uh, presented yourself in one of our uh, one of our meetups. Um, but I just love to have that opportunity to connect with, uh, yeah, with other women around the world. And it's uh, yeah, it's beautiful when when you look at everybody who's now part of that program and growing um it really it's it's from africa it's from the us it's from countries in europe it's uh, yeah really amazing to connect with so many amazing people uh, into that community absolutely and on the last meetup as well i did notice um a, a, a few other men lurking in the chat i thought hey this is great we've got some more who are who are finding their way into the group and hopefully they'll be a little less shy as time moves on <laughs> and speak up a bit <clears throat> yeah but, um, as we grow as everybody like grows into the community we get to know each other better i'm sure that every month um as also welcoming new people but also the ones who are in the program that they feel more comfortable to indeed uh turn on the mic, turn on the camera, and uh, you see that now already, right? We have a lot of interaction. Uh, we take the photos in together mode. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, I love together mode so much. But um, yeah. you mentioned Laurie, who, I mean, Laurie, what a superstar. And she is for, on the, um, the, <clears throat> the the tech community awards that are going on at the minute. She's one of the many nominees for a couple of categories, I think, Microsoft Person of the Year and um, and uh, Woman of the Year as well. So yeah. and very, very well-deserved. We've got some other great, great people in those awards as well. We've got Carolina's in there as well. Also, I voted for uh, Lori a couple of days ago. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Awards, yeah. But um, she's just so giving, so generous with her time, so lovely, and she's done so much for me personally in my journey. I know. For, for so many people i don't know where she finds the time but that's the thing about this community we've all got most of the people in this community have very very quite demanding jobs um so so the fact that they give their time outside of this um sometimes to the degradation of their own families um, yeah. it, it, it's important to keep that balance isn't it <clears throat> and i know for you I mean, you, you you live in a in a household where you, you, your partner Thomas is um, is in that community himself. So well, I, I guess that helps uh, a bit that he that he gets that and and is part of it also. Do, do you find that an advantage? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I really think we're we're just so perfect for each other <laughs> mm -hmm. um, when it comes to community. We really share like the same passion. We share the same ideas. Um, it's so amazing when somebody really understands what you're doing and that you understand the other person. Um, also on the other hand, it's like you sort of like never switch off, 
So like, mm -hmm. like before we go to sleep, we're still like discussing, I don't know, whatever new feature which has been announced <laughs> or something in a community. It's like, it's, it's always there. Um, but yeah, but I, I honestly really love it because we totally understand each other's job. We understand uh, each other's passion, especially now with like, um, before we would both travel a lot to in-person conferences. And then, for example, if you're in the US, you're in the US time zone, you're dedicated to the event, it's, it's very clear. However, now we're both at home 24 seven. Uh, we are not traveling. Um, we do a lot of online events or podcasts or video series sessions. Um, but we're not in the country where it's taking place. So sometimes the time zones are really like very early in the morning or very late in the evening. Um, sometimes Tom is like past midnight that he has something going on. And uh, that's also one of the things which is a little bit challenging, of course, is because you are at home and you're not in that country, in the time zone. Um, yeah, there's, it's difficult to differentiate like what's what's private time, what's community, what's work. It's like it's it's one big blur of uh, <laughs> of of yeah, let's say community. But uh, no, I, I think we're handling uh, we're handling it very well. Oh, you certainly seem to be without a doubt. Um, fair, more power to you. I did see on on your Twitter not that long ago. I think it was a retweet of um, you. You had a, a very brief reunion with with Thomas about an hour at an airport where you'd both been hadn't seen each other for quite a while, and you got maybe a half an hour at an airport before he had to go off to Australia or something. So that, yeah. that was, shows how the world has changed, doesn't it, in the last year? Indeed, indeed. yeah, absolutely. For us, it really went uh, upside down. Um, th that was indeed our lifestyle at the beginning. I was living in the Netherlands. Tom was living in Switzerland. We both had extremely busy schedules uh, when it came to work and travels that sometimes we indeed had to be creative. Like, all right, so actually you'll be a couple hours at that airport. Why do I not like fly over there? And then we can have like lunch or dinner and then you continue. And yeah, I'm very um, thankful that now that actually we don't have to uh, to do it that way, that we're both at home. It's a lot better for the environment. It's a lot better for uh, for ourselves. I mean, there are many, many positive, uh, positive things I try to take out of this uh, pandemic. Absolutely. That's one of the... And one of the things I would like to kind of pick your brains on is because it's something that I'm definitely guilty of and probably a lot of folks are since the pandemic is that blend of work into the personal life and it's probably doubly so difficult for you. Where do you, how do you kind of draw that line or do you draw that line? Well, so I really find myself in doing activities which are uh, not behind a computer. So I love doing yoga. I have like a fixed schedule of doing yoga. Um, I love biking, uh, mountain biking, especially here in Switzerland. It's absolutely beautiful. So yeah, those activities uh, when you're out and you're away, I mean, that that really is like dedicated, uh, dedicated private time. Um, I love cooking. Um, sometimes I'm actually cooking with like a screen watching something. So it's not really, <laughs> really disconnecting. Um, but yeah, I think as, as soon as we're back to, yeah, I always find it difficult to say back to normal because I, I just don't know how it's going to be like after, after the pandemic ends. I'm sure a lot of things that we are so used to um, are changing, will change, will stay changed. Um, but yeah, I think 
it is going to be easier to differentiate uh, private time, work time, community time, when it becomes more like, okay, an event, you're actually traveling to an in-person conference and you know, like those five days uh, I'm there, uh, or when you have vacation and you're like not at an event, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to making it more balanced. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, do, do you ever feel guilt at not being able to kind of switch off? Because I know that's something I struggle with insofar as if I'm sitting watching the TV or something like that, I kind of thinking, oh, I could be doing something a bit more productive just now. Mm. But deep down, I know it's probably needed to kind of chill out you know, take a step back, kind of a refresher. Is that anything you've struggled with? Yeah, so let's say, for example, okay, maybe not now because we're not having like in-person conferences, but like before running a conference, it comes with like a lot of responsibilities. So you're responsible for your attendees, you're responsible for your sponsors, um, you're responsible for your speakers, you're responsible with everybody at the venue. I mean, there's a lot of people that you're uh, involved with. And yeah, when somebody asks a question, whether if it's over Twitter or an email or uh, whichever platform they reach out to you, I mean, of course you would feel guilty not to get back to them as soon as possible because they really rely on you and your, uh, and your answer. And, um, yeah, I think that's something that many of us struggle with. It's like, how do you actually switch off? And one of the tips I actually thought um, or learned when I go, for example, away for a weekend for a few days or I go visit my family, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to delete the Outlook app from my phone. And that really works because if I don't, I'll be checking my email all day long. So that's, that's one tip um, which really helps me. It's just I delete the Outlook app and I have by default, I have like all my social media notifications uh, off. Mm -hmm. So I only open Twitter when I feel like opening Twitter, which is often yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah, such a good tip, such a good tip. Uh, and I've started doing totally the same agree. in recent times. When I take a, a, a bit of personal time off work, um, I've got better at this of doing exactly what you said there, turn, turn, getting rid of the Outlook app and turning off WhatsApp and all those distractions to try and focus on my uh, on what I, I, I should be doing in that time off, uh, spending time with family and recharging and um, uh, and doing all those things or things like you just mentioned there. I mean, you mentioned yoga. Yoga is, is such a good way to relax. And um, I try and do a bit because my, my wife, Louise, is a, a massive yoga fan. She always has been. In fact, she was a qualified yoga teacher uh, for, for a while, oh, wow. a few, a few wow, years cool. ago. Um, but uh, she she doesn't do that anymore. But um, she 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 encourages me to to do some yoga with her sometimes. And and when I do, I just find it so beneficial to just take that mind somewhere else. And uh, I don't know if you are aware of a channel on YouTube. Uh, is he? It's Yoga with Adrian, is uh, a really good one. I think uh, she she's definitely worth checking out. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I I have my personal teacher. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, we really have like our one-on-one -on -one, uh, session, so that's uh, yeah, that's that's really nice. Amazing! Oh, that is that's so important. Online, <laughs> <laughs> so important. But um, cool. Um, one thing I do want to ask you about is I know that you're very very passionate about something that you did just before the pandemic hit, which was some volunteering that you did in. Um, in, in Asia and uh, in Indonesia and Vietnam specifically. Could you share with us a bit, a bit about that experience, please? 
Yeah, absolutely. So maybe, um, maybe if you're watching or listening now, you recognize yourself and the feeling that that you thought, at least for me, was from whenever I was, I don't know, teenager in my teenage years. I really, really wanted to travel abroad, far away from home, um, volunteer, um, um, give my bit of, of, yeah, trying to make the world a better place. Um, however, I always had. Um, well, you can call it excuses, you can call it reasons, um, why I didn't go. So whether if I did not have the finances to do something like that big, or if I did not have the time, or because I was studying or working or moving to Switzerland or whichever reason was there not to do it. And now, and when I look back, it's the absolute perfect time. I felt like, all right, I have to do this now. I wanted this for so long. Um, I am going to do it. I'm going to plan it. I'm going to take one month uh, unpaid leave from work and I'm going to look for a volunteering uh, project abroad. And so in February 2020, I traveled uh, one month alone to um, Indonesia and Vietnam. And when I look back now, I mean, February 2020, it actually was the absolute last uh, last opportunity to do so because as of March, everything shut down. Um, actually, during the volunteering, so I was first uh, in Indonesia um, teaching underprivileged uh, children English, uh, computer classes, games, singing, uh, a lot of a lot of interactions. Uh, and my next program was in Vietnam, where I would uh, teach in a school English. However, then I received an email from a program manager that the Vietnamese government is shutting down all public schools due to the virus, which at that time was mainly spreading in China, right? In Europe, it was not uh, for us, at least back home, well, I was on that side of the world, but it was not as big as where it has gotten uh, today. Yeah. And um, yeah, so th that changed a little bit of my plan. However, they said like, we do, um, we do have an orphanage um, uh, with children with disabilities. And of course, that does not shut down because where, where would those orphans go to, right? So that, that remained open. And yeah, they said it would be very thankful and grateful if, if I would still travel to Vietnam and to help, help them there. And I did. Um, yeah, it was really the best experience ever. And I highly recommend as soon as we can, if anybody's thinking about like such projects, um, uh, my next goal is to go to Africa. I haven't been, and I would love to do uh, such a volunteering project there. Um, just do it. It's it's yeah. It's so um, it's so rewarding. You get so much back. It's not just giving, but you get so much love. And those children, they're they're so thankful. They really appreciate uh, you being there, and. Um, yeah, I just really hope a lot of people who want to do this actually will find a way to uh, to do that. Oh, fantastic. And uh, I really enjoyed reading about this. You have a great blog post on this, and we'll share that in our show notes, uh, amongst other things, on, on how people can reach you and connect with you. But um, I loved reading about that. The children just looked so amazing. I, I particularly got a kick out of uh, seeing when you 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 got them their first ever McDonald's, wasn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still don't know if that was a good thing to do or not, but it was for me. <laughs> McDonald's in my childhood, well, actually still, I just 
I love McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> but for me, my, my childhood, yeah, it was just something so special, like to go to McDonald's and get a happy meal. And um, um, it was not something, yeah, it, it was just very special for me as a child. And then there, just by coincidence, I spoke with one of the program managers. And um, because three times a day, it was like always like rice, um, um there, there was no way like that they would actually eat McDonald's. And then one of the program managers said like, yeah, like, the, like most of those kids who are here since they were babies, they have never had McDonald's. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to change that. And um, yeah, so I went to a McDonald's location and, and, and I sat down with the manager. I explained, um, I explained that I was at the orphanage and, uh, yeah, that I wanted to order 60 Happy Meals. And uh, so we did, and, and it was just beautiful. Like, especially oh. some of the kids, like, looking at a burger and then back at me and then questioning, like, how how am I supposed to eat it? <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it was really, and to see their faces and the whole experience afterwards, because, of course, it comes with a toy, right? So once they were done eating, that, like, all the kids got together and they were playing with the little toys, which they got. And, uh, yeah, that was really, really fantastic. Oh, beautiful. Do go and check out that blog because it's such a great read. I'll give you a little warning. If you are like me and you have a terrible phobia of snakes, there is a picture of a big snake in there. And I, <laughs> I, I jumped when I saw that because that is one of my one of my all-time fears. Oh, so... <laughs> But um, but we've all, we've all got something like that, haven't we? Because you mentioned Dizzy just now that you you don't like flying particularly, which for somebody who likes to travel around the world, it's all the time. <laughs> quite, quite difficult. How, how do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? Or do you just sort of give yourself a talking to and say, "I'm just going to do this"? Or do you have any coping mechanisms for for dealing with that sort of fear? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I tried so many different ways, like, of course, then I have an app, and then I have, like, breathing techniques, and then I read a lot, or I have a quick chat with the pilot or the stewardess, but, um, yeah, it's, it's so for me, moving from one country to another, having my family live abroad in multiple different countries, having conferences which are out of the country, there's just so much um, going on. And then I realized if I would not fly, I would miss out on that opportunity or I would not be able to see my family in Canada. Um, for example, when I go to my family in Amsterdam, I usually take a train just so I can avoid the flying part. But um, yeah, it would just be such a waste not to um, not to take yeah not to go so i just try to think of like all the positive that comes uh, that comes out of it and just do it and then i mean if the flight is calm i'm pretty okay but as soon as like heavy turbulence starts i'm convinced like all right this is not okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm much the same actually. i'm i'm afraid of so many things actually i'm a big wuss but <laughs> I, don't like, <laughs> I, I don't like snakes i don't like i don't like flying either i'm like you on, on a plane and i haven't been on a plane in a long time i think 2014 was the last time i was on a plane and when oh, i wow. hit turbulence i just grab onto the seat like that rigid i'm just petrified uh, and the other, I don't like enclosed spaces either, so I don't like getting into lifts or elevators. So I, I'll happily walk up about twelve flights of stairs to avoid getting in a lift. So I'm, I'm just a big scaredy cat. But uh, <laughs> but I totally agree with what you're saying. It's it's some things are worth 
getting over for sure. And I applaud you for doing that. Um, you, you'd miss out on so much if you didn't. I'm just very conscious of the time that we're taking up of your busy schedule because I know how busy you are, Izzy, and we really appreciate it. But Rue would never forgive me if we didn't uh, allow him to ask you a specific question, which is feline related. So over to you, Rue. <laughs> yes, of course. So being a, a cat dad, uh, a begrudging cat dad, never really had much interest in cats until uh, last March when I started a new job, which was supposed to involve a lot of traveling. So we got a cat because that would keep my uh, my then fiance company. Then we got locked in our house for what's gone on for more than a year. So yeah. turns out we didn't really need to do that. But we're now uh, a cat dad of two kittens. Uh I'm aware that there is a hashtag called get Izzy a cat. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I, on the other hand, I always grew up with cats. So both my parents, uh, my sister and I, we were absolute cat lovers. Um, we always had cats in the house. Even when I moved out of the house, went to university, lived on my own, I had cats. Um, yeah, I, well, I'm not a crazy cat lady, but uh, <laughs> um, you can say I really love cats a lot. And then um, I moved to Switzerland and uh, yeah, there was, I mean, of course there's, there's a lot missing for me. Like I miss my family. I miss my friends. Um, I miss cats <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I just tried and tried and tried and tried to convince my fiance uh, Thomas um, for us to get a cat. And I mean, to be fair, he is a little bit right. Like we travel so much, we're so much away. We're like away at the same time. Like, what are we gonna do with the cat? And 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 I'm more like, yeah, we'll figure something out. Like somebody care <laughs> of the cat. But anyways, then the pandemic hit, and then I felt like, ha, like this is now my chance to be like, okay, well, we're both at home all the time, so we will not have to leave the cat alone. Um, but yeah, we also have to be realistic that at one point uh, traveling will uh, will get back. But um, I'm I'm not giving up. I'll definitely made myself the promise that at one point, if it keeps staying a no, I'll just go to a shelter. I'll pick up a cat and <laughs> just come home <laughs> and be like, "Here's a kitty." <laughs> no, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, it is a funny battle that that we're still. Um, trying to uh, that i'm still trying to win but yeah i'm not there yet still no cat i support you i support you in your journey because it, it's <laughs> worth it i think a lot of folks like i mean uh, i was a dog person to begin with and i had a i had a certain opinion about cats but then when you get a cat and you realize that you know they do they do show you a lot of love and affection and you know they're very caring little animals and they're just cute so you know it's as simple as that for me uh yeah i uh i support you in your journey and i'll get that hashtag going let's Thank keep you. it going yeah yeah let's keep it going <laughs> well this this has been absolutely brilliant izzy thank you so much for joining us before we wind up is there anything else you'd like to add how people can connect with you and, and find you in the community um final words to you yeah, well, thank you guys very much for uh, for having me uh, on your show. It's uh, fantastic to see what you have started. And uh, yeah, I wish you lots and lots of fun uh, in this ongoing journey. And for the ones who would like to follow me, um, the best way is to connect on Twitter, um, at Isidora Katanich. You can see the handle uh, right there. 
um, yeah, feel free to connect. Um, feel free to reach out in case you have any questions, anything I can help with. Um, always looking forward to uh, expand my network. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Oh, amazing. You're very welcome. Izzy, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, thank you, uh, Ru, for another great episode. I think we're getting slightly better at this every time we do it, hopefully. And, um, but let's not judge ourselves, as Izzy said. Let's take that advice. <laughs> and we will see you all again very soon. So thank you for joining us on this episode four of Cloud Conversations. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Great. Cheers. Bye-bye.